Hello, listeners. Just a quick note before this episode officially begins that the podcast will be taking a break for the month of June. In the meantime, while you wait, you can catch up on past episodes that perhaps you have missed, or you can revisit episodes that were especially meaningful to you. And then the podcast will officially return in early July. And now, on to this week's episode. When I was in elementary school, I loved to read choose-your-own-adventure books. You may or may not be familiar with this unique genre of books that were available to elementary school kids back in those days. I think they're still around in some form. They may actually even still be producing new ones. The overall concept of choose-your-own-adventure books is you, you start to read it like a normal book. You start on page one, and the story moves along for at least a couple of pages. But then, very eventually, you come to a point where the the book the the story describes a a situation that is developing and then it stops for a moment because at this point in the story you have to make a choice regarding how the story will proceed so easy harmless sort of example. If in the story you are sitting down at a restaurant with a friend and you're looking over the menu and and the 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 server comes up and asks if you've made a choice. So the story stops here, the story pauses and you are given a selection of things to do. The first one is, then maybe it's, if you decide to order the fish, go to page 27. If you decide to take a little bit longer in your selection, and also to further the conversation with your companion, turn to page 82. If instead you want to go up to the bar to ask about the specials, turn to page 104. Stupid example. I could have come up with something better if I had stopped to think about it before recording, but here we are. So, so you make your choice. Maybe, maybe you decide you're going to do the fish. So you're going to turn to page whatever I said. And, and so you'll flip to that page, and the thing about these choices that you are given is that you are not guaranteed a positive outcome. And so you turn to page whatever I said to order the fish, 
And on the one hand, okay, you ordered the fish, and now you're going on with your conversation, and and then eventually something else happens. Or it could be that you order the fish, you end up with food poisoning, and you can't continue the story, so it says the end. Yes, not all story endings in this choose-your-own-adventure formats are happy endings. So, so there is a little bit of uncertainty that happens in these books. I loved them. I remember the very first one that I read. It actually wasn't a choose-your-own-adventure branded one. It, it was a... It was another similar idea, though, that there was another series called Which Way Books, and and this was a story about going to space, and I remember there were aliens involved, and there were other creatures and such, and and that that's that's the very first experience with this got me hooked. I remember I especially loved, of course, I loved haunted house or haunted building situation ones. And I can very, I can still recall bits and pieces of these books. I remember there was one where you're stuck in a haunted department store and these mannequins come alive and start chasing you. And you actually have to choose which mannequin you're going to interact with. And I don't remember any of those turning out well. And there, there was another haunted house one. And I think the happy ending was you, you figure out that it's all a, like if you can make it through the whole night in this place, that you, you earn like a, a cash prize or something. But of course, there were not so great endings to these books as well. And if you were anything like me, you would keep your thumb on the previous choice so that if you realize you have made a bad one, you can flip back and try another one instead of starting the entire book over again. I remember my teachers did not like these books. They, they banned them from being used in book reports or, or counting toward reading requirements. The, these, they, they didn't like because of the non-linear fashion in which these books told their stories and the fact that you if, if a typical choose-your-own-adventure book was like 120 pages, you did not end up reading 120 pages of this book. You would read a fraction of that because the story could go off in so many different ways. No, what my teachers wanted was a more traditional, more linear, front-to-back kind of story for the purposes of their curriculum. And a little bit of what made these books interesting and what made them appealing was that they messed with that traditional, linear kind of storytelling. 
you got to choose yourself which direction the story went. You got to do this on your own terms, at least somewhat. So some choices, again, as I've mentioned, that you could make in these books would not turn out so well for you. And so there could even be a little bit of a frustration on the part of the reader when you think you have made a good, solid, thoughtful, ironclad sort of decision only to find that not everything turned out to be as it seemed. Once you flip to the page that allows you to continue reading. So you're running away from aliens in one of these books and you're given the choice to hang a left and go down a certain corridor or to pick a hiding place. There may be something in your head that thinks, well, the hiding place. The hiding place seems like the best option given what I have read so far. And so you choose the hiding place only to find you flip to that page and they very easily find you where you are hiding. And it turns out that the corridor would have led you to safety. But you still, even if you, given everything that you know about the story and everything you have detected pattern-wise in the story so far, leads you to think that the hiding place is the best option, you still don't know until you have actually done it. Our lives are a bit more like these choose-your-own-adventure books than we would like to admit or that we would prefer. Maybe we would like the stories of our lives to be a bit more linear like the type of storytelling that my teachers preferred. But there inevitably come those moments where we have to choose. We have to make a choice. And unfortunately, we can't necessarily turn back to the previous page to try again. Welcome to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. A book that I have been fascinated by this year is not a choose-your-own-adventure book. However, it's the type of book that has had me thinking about thinking. 
It's called No Self, No Problem by Chris Niebauer. Niebauer. I'm not totally sure how to pronounce the author's last name, and so I am sorry for that. This is a book that that talks a lot about how our brains help us make sense of reality and what parts of our brains do that in particular ways. And the, the other part of it that is that, that makes it extra interesting, extra fascinating, is that it compares these functions of the brain with truths that Buddhism teaches. And, and so he, he weaves these together. Some, not all the time, not always e equally, but nevertheless, he, he found some connections that he thought was interesting and he wanted to pass them along to his readers. And he was right, at least for me, that, that these are interesting. A, a lot of, a, a good portion of the book is focused on the functions of the left brain versus the functions of the right brain. And of course, they, they are meant to work in tandem to help us make sense of the world around us, but they do so, their, their contributions are, are very different in nature. So, for instance, the left part of the brain contains the part that is more language-oriented. The, we could call it the storytelling part of the brain. The, the one, the, it's the part of the brain that helps us make sense of our lives by helping us craft stories about it. And it does so in various ways. It's, it's the part that deals more in categories, that deals more in, in sections. It, it's, it's the part of our brain, if, if we're used to thinking of our lives in terms of sections, different pieces of our lives, there's the family piece, there's the work piece, there's our, our personal faith piece, and so on. It's the left side of our brain that is, is doing that categorization. And, and so the left brain is also very sequential. It's linear. It's more linear. It, it's, it's the part of the brain that if it is more dominant, it's the part of the brain that would agree with my elementary school teachers that you need to be reading more linear books because that is the way that we make sense of the world. And the left brain, that, that's its job. It, it, it tries to do that, particularly, again, like, like I have mentioned, through categories, through sectioning, 
and through storytelling via language. Now, contrast this with the right side of the brain. The right side of the brain is, is looking more at the big picture. It's looking more not at specific concepts, but at, you might say, what, what Nybauer calls global concepts. Viewing the world as a whole, rather than individual categories or sections. It's more, it's more concerned with the immediacy of the present moment rather than the all of the sequences and patterns that led us up to this moment that that we might use to make a future decision instead the right brains like okay this is the moment that's right in front of us let's let's go let's let's handle it so the right brain might love choose your own adventure books you get to one of those pages that presents you with an action, a decision to make, and the right brain might be like, "Okay, let's pick one. Let's go. Hurry. Come on. I got. I got. I don't. I want to move on. I want to move forward." And and so that that part of our brain is the one that allows us to make that choice. Whereas the left part of our brain, if you're anything like me, as much as I loved these books when I was a kid. You, you come up to, to later in life and you're trying to recognize all the patterns. You're trying to recognize all the categories and all of the possibilities. And you might sit there on that page for minutes, if not even hours. Well, let, let us study the patterns and the data and the experiences that have led us to this point and that, that will allow us to come to the best possible decision. Meanwhile, the right brain's like, whatever, pick one. Let's go. Let's move. I want to go right now. Now, one other thing that I especially want to say or point out about the storytelling of the left brain. So, I have already mentioned that the left brain likes to think in terms of patterns and in terms of life as a linear experience. So, this came first, and then this other thing happened, and then this other thing happened, and that's how life is meant to be going forward. And so we have to recognize what the pattern has been so far and make our decision so that the pattern has the best chance of continuing, assuming that the pattern is a favorable one and one that we would like to continue. So, then... Maybe we make our choice. Maybe we finally give in to our right brain and we, we make our choice, we move forward, and it turns out we turned to a page 
with a less than ideal outcome. Our left brain might, one of the, one of the things that it might do is protect us by telling the story in such a way of this less than ideal outcome that says, well, maybe this was, this was an aberration. Maybe, maybe it just wasn't meant to be for this, this, and this reason. Maybe one or more of the other people involved were less than reliable or, or didn't, didn't live up to their part of the bargain in this situation. What, whatever helps us to maintain our sense that the pattern is still the right pattern. That story that we tell ourselves to keep our sense of linear life intact. So, so for when the left brain is that dominant, when, when we allow for the left brain to, to carry us forward, then we tell ourselves a certain story in order to allow ourselves to continue to function. If our right brain is more dominant, then we might come to this less than ideal outcome and it will allow us to say, well, okay, that didn't work. Now we have a new set of choices. We've come to a new page with new page options. So now, what are we going to do next? Let, let's go ahead and pick another one and, and see where this goes since that other thing didn't work out so well. And that's a story, too. That's a story that we tell ourselves as well. We, we are still figuring things out. We are, we are still telling ourselves a story. It's just that the story is more along the lines of, well, that didn't work. That failed. Maybe, maybe somebody else wasn't, wasn't up to something that we needed. Maybe we weren't up to something that we needed. But whatever the case, now we're at this new point. Now it's time to do something different. The right brain is a little bit more comfortable with a non-linear existence. So you get to this new point and there's a new set of lines diverging from one another and it's just time to in this present moment choose the next one and go from there and whether whether we are more disappointed whether we are angry whether we are sad whether we feel stuck in this new moment, whether, whether we're not sure what all that was behind us, whether we are somehow energized by, by not working out, whether, whether we are telling ourselves, you know what, there is no time to sit around and regroup. It is just simply time to move forward. Or whether we tell ourselves, no, regrouping is exactly what we need to do to do. Let's go off on a 
month-long time of retreat and rest and figure it out after that. Whatever our reaction to that, that is the story that we are telling ourselves in order to come to grips with something working out or something not working out. And the story that we tell ourselves, whether it is more based in those patterns and categories, or whether it is more based on just, okay, here's the next thing. Let's do the next thing because that, that's what we're focused on now because the last thing didn't, didn't do it for us. We are still telling ourselves a story that helps us come to terms with where we are in the book. If there is any chance that the listener thinks that I, I'm coming out more in favor of the left brain or the right brain, let, let, me, let me go ahead and, and disabuse you of that before I go any further. I recognize that I am a very left brain person. I like my categories. I like my sections. I like my order. I like thinking and thinking and thinking. And plenty of people in my life will tell you that I think too much. And I am aware of this about myself. And, and so I, I agree. But that doesn't magically stop me from doing it. So I am very, very, very aware of the left brain's propensity to tell itself a certain kind of story based on patterns and so on. And, but to, to think too much, to rely too much on the stories we tell ourselves is to have more of a narrow and bubbled and tunnel vision sort of view of reality. We are stuck in our own minds and we are stuck in our own interpretations of things. And to become too stuck in that is to only really truly see part of what's really happening. So, so opening ourselves up to other people's perspectives and other people's stories as well 
helps us to keep our left brain a bit off balance in order to not get so stuck within ourselves and with our own stories about the world. Because, you know, our, our, our brain wants to do that to, to help us make sense of things, but the sense that we want to make of things doesn't always actually make sense. So, there, there's the one part of what I want to, how I want to conclude everything that I have shared here. The other thing, let, let's, let's, look at, let's look at the right brain now, again, that, that much more spatial aware, spatially aware side of our brain, the, the one that, that is focused on the immediacy of the moment in front of us, the big picture. If we, if we are constantly just hopping from decision to decision without even an inkling of learning from the past or, or recognizing that uh, there are at least some patterns that, that maybe we should start to pay attention to a little bit, at least a little bit, then, then we miss out on, on what we should be doing as well. There's a certain thing of being too spontaneous. And there's a, there is something to be said for consideration and planning and stopping for a beat to really analyze what is going on. There, there is something... The, so in the best of worlds, in the best of circumstances, the left brain and the right brain are meant to equal each other out. And if we constantly tell ourselves a story that is based on merely what I want in this present moment without learning from what came before, that can be destructive to us and to others as well. And so if our way of making sense of the world favors the right brain, then we can also benefit from other people's perspectives and other people's stories to, to help us ground ourselves in, in what is needed beyond the present moment and beyond the choices immediately in front of us. So, our first task here is to recognize the stories that we tell ourselves. Our first step is to consider which side of our brain tends to be the more dominant when we try to figure out what is best for us, how we make decisions, how we approach setbacks, how we approach opportunities. Are, are we more of an analytic mindset where we, very, we need to carefully weigh everything out 
and, and carefully identify what has brought us here and, and, and what the best path forward is going to be based on what, whatever sorts of patterns we're relying on? Or are, are we more of the mindset that, well, you know, you, you only live once, and, and this, is, this is what I feel in my gut. That's the other thing about the left or the right brain. It's more of a gut feeling sort of approach to the world. That, that's um, the most succinct way that, that I, can, I can put it. So what, what's your gut feeling tell you about the present moment rather than the past patterns? How do things feel now? Either way, it may be beneficial to realize that the stories that we are telling ourselves, whether they are based more in right brain or left brain approaches, may still not be the most reliable, the healthiest, the most profitable for ourselves or for others in terms of health and wholeness. So what is that going to look like? What is, what is that going to be for us? We, we can't always tell. That's why we need the perspectives of others. I so Some of the moments that I am most thankful for in my own life as an admitted left-brain overthinker has been when someone who knows me well stops me and says, this isn't really how it is. This isn't really how it is for you. And they may list off ways that I am more capable than I think, ways that I may be rushing, not rushing, but ways that I may be heading into something where I am not truly gifted for the moment or for the situation. And those moments, those checks on my own storytelling has been incredibly beneficial to me in the long run. So the first step is recognizing the stories you tell yourself and the ways, the, the parts of your mind, the parts of your being that contribute most to that storytelling. The second part is identifying who around you will help provide those checks when you need them. And the third, well, it's not just, see, that's my, that's my left brain categorizing thing. I don't know how many. Maybe there's 1, 2, 3, 12, 27 steps or whatevers to, to this analysis. What I am saying is that we need more than just ourselves to make sense of our story. That the story we tell ourselves is only a part of it. 
It's only a small perspective, one perspective among others. And so, gaining more and diverse perspectives can help us make sense or make the best possible outcome of whatever page we end up turning to next. Thank you for listening to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including all my books, at jeffreynelson.com. You can also find me on social media, Jeffrey A. Nelson on Facebook, and I'm at Bold Roast Rev on both Twitter and Instagram. Have a great week. <laughs>